Frontier Fighters. Frontier fighters, stout-hearted men and sacrificing heroic women who fought their way across hundreds of miles of unblazed trails to bring the light of civilization to the West. Among the many valiant pioneers who have entered the Valhalla of the Great, we must place the life and accomplishments of Stephen Fuller Austin, the father of Texas. The man who had the first vision of colonizing Texas was Moses Austin, Stephen's father. But on the eve of becoming the leader of the first party of pioneers, shortly after his return from Texas... He was stricken with pneumonia. As he lay on his bed, he made his wife promise. Do you hear, good wife? The name Austin will live only because of my divine mission in Texas. Call Stephen home. Tell him it is my last wish that he take unto himself my mantle of leadership. Moses, you should be quiet, the doctor. Oh, Dr. Hazel's a young fool to think he can hoodwink me. Into believing I'm not going to die? Sooner, perhaps, than I thought. Because of his mania for blistering and bleeding his patience. But no matter. Call Stephen home. Tell him God, in his wisdom, has seen it best that I do not accomplish the plans I have formed for my nation and my family. But in laying down my life, I do so with the knowledge that all will yet be well. (laughs) Tell my boy... To be wise and good and patient. Tell him his father loved him. Tell him to be a leader in the wilderness. When Stephen F. Austin was called home to receive the burden of his father's last words, he was only 28 years old. But he immediately dedicated his life to this tremendous undertaking, colonization of this promised land. The first step was the long, arduous journey to Texas to receive from Governor Martinez at San Antonio permission to colonize. Said the easygoing Mexican Excellency, I recognize you as your father's heir, Senor Austin, and I grant you permission to establish a colony, explore lands on the river Colorado, sound the river to its mouth, introduce provisions, tools, and farming implements duty-free through the port of San Bernard. Your Excellency is very kind. In return, I shall vouch for the good character of the immigrants, admit none without letters of recommendation from their previous places of residence. Very excellent, senor. 
And until the government can organize the local administration, all immigrants must be governed and be subordinate to you. We need more people in this country. Of course, as your father became a citizen of Mexico, so must you. And the immigrants will take a note of allegiance to our government. So it shall be, Your Excellency. And you have my promise none will violate this trust. Bueno. Before we sign the paper, uh, a little vino. Ah, gracias, senor. <laughs> to, uh, shall we say, our good friend Stephen F. Austin, who, <laughs> in his youthful enthusiasm, has great hopes of making the desert bloom. Amen to that, God willing. The moment that the notice which Austin posted in Louisiana had been read, it caused a great stir. Speculation ran rife. Suddenly the cry of immigration was in the air. The entire scheme appealed to the American sense of adventure. The Orleans scores crowded around the notice. Well, it looks all right to me. Yeah, it looks like that young Austin's got a good thing there, Foss. Well, you married men ain't going tracing off nowhere unless your wife says amen to it. Yeah, by thunder, she's right. The plucky little woman she is to speak of mine. I hope we'll be neighbors, ma'am, in that new land of Texas. I'm signing up now. Wish I was married. I'd get 920 acres instead of 600. Well, for once, children is a help instead of a hindrance. We get 160 acres extra land for each child, and I got four. I guess I'll get me a wife. Widow preferred. Widow with six children more preferred. And own some real acreage out there in Texas. <laughs> By March 3rd, 1822, there were 50 Americans on the River Brazos and 100 on the River Colorado. They immediately began to build cabins and plant corn. Summer came early to Texas, and with it, a severe drought. The steamer Lively, which Austin bought for $600, was lost in a gale off Galveston. Those who so freely pledged money to Austin for his scheme of colonization at the ugly sound of the words drought and disaster became frightened and spoke of watchful waiting being the best policy. Many of the emigrants, tormented to the specter of possible short rations through the coming winter, decided to turn back. You can all of you, you critters, if you want. You can all of you starve if you want to. Your wives and your babies can starve too. I'm going back to the valley of Mississippi. I know food's going to be scarce, but I ain't backing down. Seth ain't no fool. You're all bamboozled by this Steve Austin. You think he's a god because he's got a pleasing voice and a nice, sweet smile. If you want to quit, quit, but don't you say nothing again, Austin. Good friends, don't fight over me. Every man and woman has the right to choose for themselves. Things look pretty black just now, and it looks like for the next few years we're all going to reap a rich reward of hardship, perhaps real suffering. But the weak, because of their martyrdom, will become strong, and their children will be known as pioneers. Friends... Friends, I wish I could see a prosperous easy today for all of you. As readily as I can see the future greatness of Texas. But I have a little faith, and I know you have a little faith. And if we lay it all down upon even this barren ground, it will be the cornerstone upon which future generations will build a glorious tomorrow. At the very moment when his first colonists were torn by strife and dissension, Stephen Austin withheld from them the last straw which would have broken the faith of even his most ardent supporters. Mexico City suddenly decided that Governor Martinez had exceeded his authority in giving Austin the right to distribute lands, appoint judges, or in any sense make decisions. Austin left the affairs of the colonists in the hands of a few trusted friends and set out for Mexico City with Dr. Robert Andrews and a man named Waters. 
He thought the entire matter could be cleared up in 10 or 12 days. Appearing before Congress then assembled, he presented his plea. ...authority originally granted by Governor Martinez, we will explore the coast of Texas, present to the government a map and description of the bays and channels, organize, arm, and equip settlers, and hold them at all times ready to march against Indians or other enemies of the province. Well, Austin, how does the situation look? Excellent, Dr. Andrews. We should have my bill approved and be out of the capital in not more than 12 days. If that happens, Austin, I would say that you had accomplished a miracle. When did they say the bill would be read? Tomorrow, of course. Uh, tomorrow means manana. Manana is anywhere between 24 hours, 24 days, or 24 months from now. Typical of affairs in Mexico... There was a political issue brewing, even as Austin presented his bill. The Republicans hated the man who was their ruler, General Iturbide. And within less than 12 hours, a crisis was reached. Austin, Austin, wake up. Huh? Wake up, Austin. Wake What's up. What's the matter? What? There's fighting going on in the street. Waters. Yes? Let's barricade those windows. We may have to fight for our lives. All right, Andrews. Well, Austin, I think we'll leave the capital in 12 days now. I can't understand it. When I appeared before Congress yesterday, there was no sign of a revolution. Well, judging by the number of soldiers flying long live it or DB day, looks like we'll have an emperor by morning. Andrews, don't say that. What future will American colonists have under an emperor? By the time we get out of this city, if we're still alive, will there be any American colonists left in Texas to worry about an emperor? <laughs> morning, the Mexican Congress assembled at 7 o'clock. The mob filled the halls. The soldiers shouted for an emperor, and before many hours of deliberation had passed, a general had resigned, and an emperor took his place. Iturbide became Augustine I. Three days later, Austin was presented to the emperor. I beg your majesty to accept my services and my loyalty. You have a memorial, a bill before the Congress, to be given powers of colonization in Texas. So have Diego Barri, I find, and Tadio Ortiz, and Felipe Riley. They wish 6,000 leagues of land in which to settle 10,000 Irish and Canary Island families. This is all news to me, Your Majesty. However, your bill will be given consideration. Your Majesty has my best thanks. Your bill will be given consideration in due time. <laughs> Weeks went by, then months dragged on. Word came to an already harassed, tortured Stephen Austin. One by one, the colonists were going back to their old homes. Months lost. Seven months. The bill was modified. It was read again. It was defended on one side and disputed on the other. Austin wrote one frantic letter after another to Texas. Be brave. Have faith. Be loyal to the ideal. I'm fighting for your rights. Then the horrible words reached the ears of the people of Mexico that Augustine wished to abolish a constitutional monarchy and make himself absolute. Congress was again in an uproar, and the bill put aside. Almost a year to the day that Austin arrived in Mexico City, the emperor abdicated. Once more, the Americano pressed Congress for immediate action, and this time, he got it. Arriving in Texas, he picked up the threads of his dream of colonization. Stephen Austin, I've come to one conclusion. You're a brave man. You mean to start all over again? Andrews, if I didn't, I'd admit to myself I'm a failure. And I can't do that. Tomorrow the work begins. Bills will be posted everywhere in the United States. In the spring, I'll have the land surveyed. Lots laid out. 
town sites planned. This time it will go through. And so your father's dream will come to pass. Yes. His dream for me was to be a leader in the wilderness. But now I'll lead these people who believe in Texas out of the wilderness. And God willing, into the promised land. Americans struggled against greater odds than Stephen Austin, the father of Texas. And by his example, other Americans laid cornerstones upon his faith. And today, because of this great pioneer and patient idealist, the Lone Star State is one of the most brilliant stars in the crown of the Union. And so ends a vivid chapter in the life of Stephen Fuller Austin, a truly great frontier fighter. <laughs> <laughs> 